Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him. I didn't do this in the first service, but while we were worshiping, it just hit me that, you know, sometimes you never know people's stories. And when you hear someone's story, just life becomes real. And sometimes when our band's up here singing, we think that, yes, it's phenomenal. They're, they're encouraging us and leading us in worship. But us singing back to them is just as encouraging to them. After rehearsal this morning, one of our, our, our team members up here who was, who was on the team singing this morning mentioned that their mom just got admitted to the hospital this morning. And you could tell it was a burden that all of a sudden hit them. And as they were singing and we're worshiping together and leading us, so just like how encouraging it is to have the body of Christ singing and encouraging us as well. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart as the church coming together and encouraging and uplifting one another, because you never know what someone's carrying. You never know someone else's story, whether it's someone on stage, off stage, next to you, somebody watching online. We as the church are better together. And it was an encouraging moment in worship. So I simply want to say thank you. My name is Caleb Meeks. I'm one of the pastors here at Journey, and I want to spend just a few minutes with you setting up today's topic. Over the last two weeks, and then today and next week, we are in the series called Recalculate. And what we are doing is just bringing the core values of our church kind of to the forefront of our minds and making sure that we're applying them to our lives as people, but also as the church as well. And in week one, we talked about how we surrender and we surrender to God's word and its life-changing power. And then last week, we talked about we love. And we love our neighbors and we welcome them home. And if maybe you're new to Journey or you've missed one of those weeks, I would encourage you to go back and watch one of those as well. But today, we're talking about we encourage. And we encourage one another to take next steps. In a few minutes, Pastor Bobby's going to come deliver a dynamic message that I hope encourages you and myself as well around this idea of next steps. But before that happens, I want to spend a few minutes just dissecting today's core value. So let's focus on two different parts. One, encourage, and then the second one is next steps. So why do we say encourage? Well, here's the definition of encourage. To give support, confidence, or hope to someone. If we're going to encourage someone, we're going to give support, confidence, or hope to someone. Now, the vision of our church is to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus, and we're going to do everything we can to encourage someone to be engaged in that process. Here's what we want to do as a church. Just here's, a, here's what we want to do to encourage you. We want to give you support. We want to give support to people as they are in the process of knowing Jesus. There's people who may be sitting in this room and they've explored different religions or different types of faith, and they're just now walking along this idea of Christianity. We want to give them support. We also want to give confidence. We want people to know that we are allowing you to hear something that may sound crazy. Sometimes in Christianity, you're hearing things you can't even see. We want to give you confidence that what you hear about is real. But we also want to give hope to those who are in the process of knowing Jesus. Over the last 16, 18, 24, now almost 36 months, hope is something that we all need. Hope is something that sometimes in life that we just need to be encouraged to have. And we as the church want to give hope to people in the process of knowing Jesus. And that's something we can do when we encourage them. But here's what we never want to do when it comes to next steps and as a church, is we never want to force people to do anything. We never want you to feel forced to do something. When it comes to your spiritual faith and your life, everyone is different. 
Some people are believers. Some people aren't believers. Some people have been believers for a long time. Some people are new. Everyone is at a different part in their process of knowing Jesus. And we never want to feel like you're forced to do something. Now, there are times where you have to go through certain processes and procedures to take a next step, whether that's in children's ministry, when it comes to security and safety and background checks, that's a little bit different. But we never want it to sound like you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get to A, B, and C. We never want you to feel forced to do anything. We also never want to make people feel rushed or uncomfortable. And this is important. There's a lot of times in life where in our jobs, in our families, we feel like we're on this fast track and you have to go, 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 go. You have to do everything all at once in order to get to the end result. It's not an end result game. It's just an everyday life idea of your spiritual health and being as healthy as you can be. We never want to make you feel rushed when it comes to next steps. And we also never want to rush your spiritual growth or your spiritual health because it's truly spiritual health. It's a lot of times in our life where life is really good and we feel like we're in the right spot, but there's sometimes where life, we're struggling. We don't want to rush you through that. We want to do life with you and take it one step at a time. But we chose the word encourage intentionally, and we don't want to lose sight of that first part. The second part is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25, where we get this encourage from. And it says this, let us, encourage, let us consider how to stir up one another. And that's important. To love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Stirring up one another. That's encouraging. That's supporting. That's supplying confidence and giving hope to each other. But ultimately, what are we encouraging all of us to do? Why are we encouraging? Well, we're encouraging everyone to take a next step. And here's how you define next step. Absolutely anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. A next step is anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. So many times we think about ourselves, and that's not a bad thing, but hey, how can I pursue Jesus more and more? There's also another side of it. How can we allow other people to get closer and closer to Jesus as well? So, Let's break this down in two parts. You getting closer to Jesus and someone else getting closer to Jesus. Here's some next steps that we can take to get closer to Jesus personally for ourselves. This one may sound simple, but maybe it's generosity. It's giving. Maybe today you give in a physical way at a Dropbox or you give through your mobile device or those of you watching online, you click give. That's a way of you worshiping and giving God. Say, hey God, I am making this a priority in my life and giving back to him of our treasures. Maybe it's connecting. Maybe you're new to Journey, and today you fill out a connection card and you go to the Next Steps area in the atrium after service or watching online, you hit connect at the top of your screen. It's a next step to take that you connect with the local body, the church, because that is a desire that God has for each and every one of us to be connected to the church. Maybe it's praying. When's the last time you actually took a moment and had a real conversation with God? Not just a, hey, thanks for the food or thanks for this, but God, here, here's where I'm at in life. Maybe initiating that communication between you and the Father is the next step. Reading, we talked about this in week one, of surrendering to God's word. Maybe it's spending time in his word. Not only is this a core value of our church, but it's a core value as a Christian, to spend time in his word as we see the heart and passion of Jesus for us. Maybe it's leading, maybe it's leading a kids or students or adult small group on a Sunday, Wednesday, or all throughout the week. Maybe it's going on a mission trip and, and leading people. And leading people closer to Jesus by sharing the love of Jesus with them. Literally anything you do that gets you closer to Jesus is the next step. No matter how big or small, they're all important. What about someone else? Maybe we go back to our first word of encourage. Maybe offering someone encouragement and hope in a rough time will allow them to see Jesus in you. Sometimes all people need is just a word of encouragement. As we said earlier, you never know someone's story and you just tell them, hey, you know what, I'm praying for you today. Or, you know, hey, you did a great job today. 
Or thank you for helping, helping me with this. Encouraging someone could be an easy next step to take to get them closer to Jesus. Inviting, inviting someone to church, saying, hey, I'm going to save you a seat. I'm going to be at the 9, the 1045, the 1230 service, whatever it is. I want you just to come and listen. I know you don't believe in Jesus or you haven't been to church in 20 years. I just want you to come and listen to the worship, listen to the message, and we just allow the Holy Spirit and Jesus to do the work. It's an easy next step for us to take to allow someone else to get closer to Jesus. Maybe it's doing life together. We were designed to be together. We're better together. We're better when we're in community because ultimately we can share our life experiences with other people. Maybe you're going through something that someone that is ne sitting next to you is going through the exact same thing and you're just saying, hey, well, you know what? I'm struggling with this right now. And they're saying, I am too. And you can encourage one another and you're allowing them to get closer to Jesus as you are real and honest with them. In fact, we're going to hear a story about that in just a minute of people who are willing to do life together and they brought someone closer to Jesus. But before we do that, I want to leave you with this quote. It's by Coretta Scott King, and they say this, the greatness of a community, and in our context, the church, the body of Christ, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. And the story about here is one full of compassionate actions that not only change someone else's life, but it can change their life as well. Let's pray. God, today, as we focus on next steps, and not only ourselves, but others around us, God, I pray that our lives would be full of actions that bring people closer to you instead of further away. And that, God, we would be full of compassion and that we would see those who you've put in our path to bring closer to you. And God, would you give us the strength, the courage, and ultimately, God, the power to do those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's interesting. I love that word, recalculate. And I remember when we first started kind of um, storyboarding this, we were kind of at a hang-up point because it doesn't have a great definition. I think, as a matter of fact, um, I think it's been shown a couple of different time, times, but it's recalculate. It's, it's, the, it's the calculate again, <laughs> thinking, can you come up with a better definition for that? But that's what it is. And this is not about redoing all our core values at Journey. It's not about saying that every other church is wrong. It's just saying, over the last couple thousand years, we have been messing up church and it's kind of spiraling a little bit out of control. A lot of us have been to church before and I've talked to uh, people that they, they don't go to church and I'll ask the question, why don't you go to church? And they go, because I've been there one time and, and I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. I felt uncomfortable. So there needs to be a recalculation. But I was staggering. It was staggering this morning and this past week, I had a great conversation with a friend of mine that pastors a rural church over in Atlanta. And he said, Bobby, that's kind of pretentious saying that the church needs to recalculate. Like, like it's been 2,000 years and the church is still going strong. I'm like, yeah, but it's not going that strong. Like it's going okay, right? And I don't know if you know this, but last week, two, 200 churches closed down in the United States. 200. They're, they're estimating that every week, a couple hundred senior pastors resign and another couple hundred of subordinate staff leave the church, leave the ministry. Something's not right. We live in a, you know, this, this resignation you know, kind of world right now and it shouldn't be happening in the church in the very place that we should be going for hope and encouragement. But unfortunately, we use the word encouragement, but a lot of places have used the word guilt and that's a whole different animal. And so today, when we're walking through this story and talking through this, I don't want to guilt anybody into anything because somebody else will guilt you into doing something else. But I want to encourage us today 
Because when we talk about the concept that a next step is anything that brings you or myself closer to Jesus, we mean that. That's, and literally, it's a biblical value. And, and maybe a good study that we can do sometime together is looking at the stories of the Bible and how many times it was a mom or a dad or an uncle or a friend or somebody else bringing somebody to Jesus so they can get closer. And the story we're going to look at today, it's actually four friends that somehow or another break through a crowd and somehow or another get, even in all the obstacles, get that person to Jesus. And you've probably heard the story. If you're like a lot of people in this room, you grew up in church. But I'd like you to do me a favor today because some of us didn't grow up in church and some of us don't know the story or maybe we've only heard the story, you know, in, in certain contexts. Today, I would like for all of us to kind of look at this story of the four men that bring the paralyzed guy to Jesus and maybe a different set of lenses. Maybe today, just through the four of them and how they brought this guy closer to Jesus. But in, in turn, what happened is they were also brought closer to Jesus. And so we're going to look at a key phrase in this passive story. So in Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter two, we're going to start, read this together, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit, okay? So it says, and when he returned, he is Jesus to Capernaum. After some days, it was reported that he was at home and many were gathered. So as soon as he got home, many people started coming. They were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. So it was at capacity, uh, you know, it was, it, 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 Jesus had claimed, and don't take this wrong, but almost rock star status. Everybody wanted to be around him. And when they heard his name or he heard he was preaching, or he was doing miracles, they were rushing anywhere he was at. And in verse three, it says, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let him down in the bed on the, paralyt on the bed that the paralytic lay. And it says in verse five, when Jesus saw their faith, now that's key. You, if you have an analog Bible, I want you to just underline that. When they saw their faith, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven, which sounds really weird, right? Because here he's got a healing need, but he says your sins are forgiven. And Jesus is proving the point. Remember constantly throughout the history of, of Jesus, his 30 something years, there was the, these religious leaders constantly trying to kind of catch him in a lie. And remember, we talked about this in the I am series, right? We talked about I am. That was what got him crucified because he said, I am God, or I am the door, or I am the bread of life. And so all these things that we, we looked at in John just a, a series ago. So it says this, and he says, um, he says um, in verse six, and when Jesus saw their faith, the paralytics, your sins are forgiven, verse six. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their heart. Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. He said, who can forgive sins but God alone? Exactly right. That's what Jesus was claiming. And immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they, uh, they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Do you think that scared the bejeebies out of them at that point? It doesn't say they said it out loud. It says they were pondering it in their heart and Jesus knew exactly what was going on. And in verse nine, it says, which is easier? to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic then, I say to you, rise, pick up your, your bed and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed, and he went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God. We never saw anything like this. And there again, preachers have been reading this passage for years and years and years and years, and we've been taking and dissecting all this. I want to look at this concept inside the parameters today of one of our core values when we talk about a next step is anything that brings you or somebody else closer to Jesus. But in order for that to happen, there needs to be a couple moves on our part. So I want you to lean into this first one. It's really, really important. 
In order for us to catch what God's trying to do, there's times where we need to slow down enough so we can see who is in the crowd. Because so many times in our lives, we're at breakneck speed that we don't even recognize. Sometimes we're in church, we're out of church. A guy after first service came up to me, he said, my whole goal is to get in church without talking to anybody and get out of church without talking to anybody. I'm like, that is not church. That's not what we're designed to do. That's that's not how we're designed to do life together. So just paint this picture with me. Jesus is preaching to a full house. There's not, it was Easter Sunday morning at Journey Community Church where we put, we put chairs in the bathrooms because that's how many people we had on campus. Okay. It's, it's packed. Like they're wearing their t-shirts. It says, Jesus is cool. I mean, everything's going on. I mean, Jesus steps up to the podium. He taps on the mic a couple of times and he starts throwing down and people are going crazy. Some of them were there to learn about what God, they wanted to get closer to Jesus, but you know, there were some that were there. They weren't trying, they, they didn't, they didn't care about they were trying to catch Jesus in a lie. As a matter of fact, they were cynical and they wanted to see if this, this guy was actually like legit, if he was for real. And it's interesting because they keep going up. But then in the midst of all this, there's this paralyzed guy sitting there. We don't know if he's outside the door a couple feet or maybe hundreds of yards, but he was there because he needed a touch from the father. And in our lives, there's a lot of times where we're in the midst of the crowd and we need a touch from the father. And so this four, these four guys seeming like, I, I'm assuming that they were friends, but for whatever reason, they walked over and they picked them up. Everybody had their own reason for being there. Now, this is how church is sometimes. Can I, can I just, this is not being negative. I'm just going to be honest. And I want to be real today with you guys. Sometimes that's how church is. There's all kinds of people with all kinds of different stories in this room. And we come to church for all different reasons. And, and some, some we come to church because it makes us feel good. Somebody say amen to that. Coming to church makes me feel good. Some come to church because they like the music. The music around this place is amazing, isn't it? Just like, it's amazing. Like today, it was interesting. Tina was sitting behind me. Tina's, I'm not going to embarrass you. Tina was sitting behind me. She's one of our, on our worship team. And she was singing away. And I stopped singing because like, I wanted to hear somebody that can sing instead of me. And so it was one of those deals where like the music is, there's a value of excellence that we put on our music around this place. It's exciting, right? Some come to church. I know, I know when I was a youth pastor, I would ask a, a student, like, why do you come to church? Because my friends are here. Like, they come to church. And I bet you they grow up and they become adults. And sometimes we, we come to church because we want to see our friends. Some come because of free childcare. Right? Like, let's, let's face it. An hour away from them is not that bad a gig. Like, moms. Like, and, and, like, I was talking to somebody. They, they have twins. And I'm like, I know what you're going through. Twins are, oh my goodness. We were sharing earlier, I was sharing earlier, like, like, anybody have twins in the room? Man, lots of twins. But like, I remember when I would, like, when it was my turn to feed them, like a bottle. I would feed them. I would forget which one I was feeding. Like, so one of the kids started getting fat. I said, you're on a, you're on a fast now and you're going to get double today. And so I used to have to put like, I put a piece of yarn or, you know, like, you know, I, I cut a, a notch in their forehead or something to figure out what kid's getting fed. Like it's, a, right? So we, we, free. some come, some come because they want to learn something, right? And, and most of you come because the preaching around here is amazing. And so, right? And so like, I'm just kidding. It's, it's adequate. How's that? Like, but it's one of those deals where we all come for different reasons. And, 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 but there's some that come for legit reasons because they want to touch from the father. And it's amazing to me 
how messed up we've gotten in the church at times because we've gotten so busy, we forget who's in the room. I can tell you this, and this is there again. It doesn't happen very often anymore just because I don't get a chance to do this. But when we first started Journey, I was getting asked to speak at some other churches because we were growing and all that kind of stuff. And I, I chose, I choose now not to do that because I value my days off and I value my family and I value the days I get to soak. And so like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got to soak. In a couple more weeks, I'm going to get to soak again. I'm going to get to hear great communicators up here. I need my soul filled up with God's stuff. And so that's where I get it. So I'm not going to be pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. But there's been times where I'd, I'd go to another church. And this is not a, like, I'm going to explain this in a second, how I feel about it. But and I would walk into a place and nobody would even say hi to me. And listen, it's hard to miss six one and two something. Like when I walk into I've been told that when I walk into a room, I take the breath out of the room every once in a while. Yes, I do. No. But you know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and if this is how it falls, another. So I've literally been the speaker. And not, I'm just going to get fed, but I've literally been the speaker. And, and five or six people walk up to me and, and like, hey, how you doing? That's it. Like, no, no, like, hey, what are you doing here? Is this your first time? This morning, we had a, 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 a just a, a beautiful gentleman that came, and I could tell he was a guest, and he was so cool, and his, his, I think his name was Kim. Um, I'm assuming he was maybe like Japanese or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to politically incorrect right now, so I'm not going to say any more words than that, but it was one of those deals where he came walking in, and you could kind of tell he was a first-time guest, and I, I gave him a hug, and I invited him to come in here, and I'm just thinking, I don't want especially on the day I'm talking about this, I don't want anybody walking through this building and not getting a high or how you doing. And so I showed him where the stuff was. And then after service, he goes, I didn't know you were the pastor. It's like, it shouldn't make a difference, should it? Come on, right? It shouldn't make a difference if I'm the pastor or not, whether I wear the microphone or not. And so there was times that, and, and, and here's the other part of this. And I know some of your story and like, it took you a lot of courage the day that you walked into this church or walked into any church. It took a lot of courage. You were in fear for a lot of different things. Like how, how were you going to be judged and all that? And, and I can't tell you the amount of times people have told me, I walked into the church, I finally, I finally got up enough nerve and nobody talked to me. And there's a movement now in the churches and I'm not going to do it here because I don't feel like we need it, but they have secret shoppers for churches now. And they send teams of people in. And, and it's interesting. I was reading the studies this past week. And one of the things that they say is they go in the great churches, they have great music and they have good communication. They got great children's ministry. They have good coffee. Everything's phenomenal. And the number one thing, the number one dig on a lot of churches is they're not very friendly. And man, it shouldn't be that way. There should never be a day that we walk into this place that we don't look around and notice what's around us and go, we're here because God wants to use us. He wants us to engage with him and he wants somebody else to engage with him. And I can be part of that conduit. Can I throw something out? This, just look around for a second. Just look around. There's all kinds of different people. If you're online and you're looking at yourself, sorry. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but there's all different types of people in this room. There's people with tattoos and no tattoos. There are people that wear shorts today. There's people that have long sleeve shirts. There's people that have big income. There's people with no income. There's people that last night found out that their spouse wants a divorce. There's people that this past week found out that they have cancer, stage four. There's people in this room that their kids have run away and they don't know where their kids are. You never know what somebody's going through. So please do me a favor, Journey. Can I challenge you this week? Stop. Let's not just run in here and do church and that's it. Let's, let's make sure that we're looking around and understanding these are real people with real situations. 
And then on the other end of the extreme, there's people in here that are celebrating things. And you know what we should do as the church? We should celebrate with them, not be jealous. You got a raise, a promotion? Man, I'm so proud of you. I'm, I'm like, man, I'm, I've been praying that God's been, man, that's so amazing. Or you got that relationship name. I mean, I'm so glad I'm excited for you. I'm excited that your kids are getting into the big school. That's awesome. Stop. We need to slow down and look around the room. See, the four men could have literally not worried about that paralyzed man. And the story would have never been in the Bible, but they slowed down. Here's the second thing I want to get, and we got to kind of move quickly. We need to be willing to do whatever it takes. Did you hear me? Whatever it takes, whatever it looks like. And for some, it looks different. For some, I love verse four. It's, and when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let the bed down. They let, uh, let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And the truth is, if there's ever been a story about them going the extra mile, this is a story about the extra mile. Now, you may not understand what they did. First, they had to put the man on the mat and they had to pick the mat up. Then they had to take the mat over to where they were going to try to figure out. They probably had to go steal somebody's ladder. They put the ladder against the thing. And then I don't know about you guys. I have a hard time carrying myself around. I don't know how in God's name they were carrying a guy. And then they carried him up a flight of steps, which let's, let's say it's, or a flight of uh, ladder. Let's say it's 10 feet or 15 feet. They got him to the top. They cut a hole out. They lowered him down. And then after they lowered him down, they had to figure out how to get down there because we know that they did because Jesus said, it's your faith that, that made this person also. They were literally in the presence of Jesus at the same time they brought the paralyzed man. And then on top of that, they probably had to make a promissory note and say, listen, I'm going to repair your roof. Sorry about the problem. I'll come back tomorrow and fix it. They went the extra mile. And it's amazing to me in the church, even when God tells us something, how quickly we will abandon what God tells us to do. We, we know that God's speaking to us. We know it's a ministry that God's kind of leaning into and how easily we walk away from it. And I'm going to tell you, I did it firsthand. How many people remember, how many people were here when we did Easter service at Lady A? Easter service. We had like a gazillion people there. Like literally it was, it was a gazillion people. And so we're sitting there. And so if you don't know this, years ago, we did Easter service. We, we rented out big screens and we rented out um, uh, sound techs. And we had, I mean, we thought we were something. And we, we, we told everybody, and I think we ended up having almost 4,000 people there. It was amazing Easter Sunday, right? 100, 100, 100 or so people got uh, asked Jesus Christ to be their savior. It was like a really, really, really great day. But it was interesting, all that week, they had been predicting 100% rain for every day that week. Now, some of it, it's jogging your memory, right? And we literally, we were on Facebook and I, I think it was, I think it was Alan at the time. It may not have been Alan. I think Alan just became our expert, but we're trying to figure out, okay, so when do we have to pull the plug on this? Cause we can't lose all this money. And I mean, we're, you know, all this other stuff. So Friday or Saturday night, okay. hundred percent rain. It's going to, it's going to like, they're talking about torrential downpours. They're talking about inches of rain. Okay. I'm in Publix. And this young guy walks up to me, this little small kid. Hey, Pastor Bobby. And, and here's one of the reasons I don't go to Publix is because if I go, it's two and a half hours. Like, so like, if you see me in there, this is adequate. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to hurt your feelings. We're good, right? Okay. So this little kid walks up to me. I'm going to say he's seven or eight, right? Cute kid, like cute. He walks up to me and said, Pastor Bobby, I can't wait to see, the, I think it was Saturday. I can't wait to see a church on sa uh, Sunday. I'm like, buddy, I'm not sure we're going to be able to have church. I'm thinking we're canceling, right? And he goes, what do you mean we're not going to have? I've been looking forward to this. I've been inviting all my friends. All my friends are going to be there. Come on, Pastor Bobby, we got to do church. I'm like, oh my goodness. 
And then he says this, Pastor Bobby, do you fish in the rain? I'll backslap you, kid. <laughs> he said, Pastor, Pastor Bobby, you play golf, don't you? Do you golf in the rain? Hey, Pastor Bobby, I'm like, I get it. I know where you're going with this one. He goes, do you hunt in the rain? I said, yeah, yep, I do. And he goes, then why wouldn't we worship Jesus in the rain? And you know something? I was about to abandon that night what God told us. And hundreds of people would not have heard the dangerous message, which is key for us. It's a value for us that we want to tell people about Jesus. And hundreds of people would not have been able to get you. We would have never gotten them to the place where a lot of people came to church after that and now are serving in our church. We would have never had that happen if we would just, in our lives, it happens all the time where we just kind of abandon whatever God's called us to do. And, and it's, it's, we have all kinds of really great excuses. My hands are tied. My hands are tied. Oh, it, it costs too much money. I, I'm, I'm so busy. And, and you know what we're really, this is what we're really saying. You're not important enough to go out and do the extra mile. There's people in your life, in my life, that are worth going the extra mile for. Somebody please say amen to that. See, Jesus modeled this, y'all. Remember he washed disciples' feet, nasty, old, mud caked and whatever else they had on their feet. And after he said this, this is what he said, verse 26. It shall not be so among you. Don't, don't, don't be like the rest of them. But whoever would be great among you must be my servant. And then he goes on to say, and I love this, in all things I have shown you, this is in Acts chapter 20, I've shown you that by working hard in this, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, himself said this, it's more blessed to give than receive. You know what that means right there? Y'all wanna know what it means? It's more blessed to give than receive. It's more blessed to pour out my life than it is to be poured into. Let me give you the last thing. This is probably the most important thing. We're going to close right here. Who is on your ladder? And that's important because everybody in this room needs somebody holding their ladder. A couple of years ago in this auditorium right here, we had a staff person that was coming up here and working on Fridays, which is a no-no around here. We try not to do that. We try to make sure everybody has family time and everything. But he said he had a project to do. He left his kids out in the atrium. So he got on a four-foot high Two of these risers stacked on top of each other. I'd show you the pictures, but then I would incriminate myself and get in trouble. And then I may have a workman's comp claim on my hands. He had it about four feet, four and a half feet high. Then he put a 16-foot A-frame ladder on top of that. And then he fell. And nobody was here. Now, after I stopped laughing at the video, I asked him if he was okay. Now, could you imagine... Could you imagine what would have happened if something like really bad would happen? It was because nobody was on his ladder. He was kind of a lone ranger. And in the world we live in, because of hurts or whatever it is, a lot of us have become lone rangers. We kind of just go through life by ourselves. And God never designed us to go through life on our own. He always said, we are better. You heard Caleb say, we are better together. We can do more together. We can, we can uh, uh, you know, help the world better. We can do better. We can do all that stuff yesterday. I don't know how many people were involved. How many people were involved in our uh, outreach yesterday? Um, I see some shirts. I love it. The church has left the building. What a cool line. Like it's what, but like, I think I heard over 300 people were doing that. I couldn't do it on my own. You couldn't do it on your own. We're better together. We can reach more people in this community by pulling our stuff together, money and time and resources and all that stuff because we're better together. Here's it. You can't even solve one person's problems by yourself. I've tried. But you know what we can do together? 
We can take that mat, we can lower them to Jesus, we can introduce him, and Jesus can touch them. He can engage with them. Here's the challenge for every ministry in our church. Every J group, every student ministry group, every, every middle school ministry group, every, every group that's, that, are, that we are called to go into the world. And we're, we're called to do it all the time. I loved yesterday. I loved yesterday. I loved the, the power, of the synergy of yesterday. But let me challenge you. Let's not do it one time a year. Let's, let's do it all the time. Let's be what, the, what God's called us to be, the church leaving the building. So here's the challenge, right? Here's the challenge. Who needs around you support of their ladder? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? So you know people. And as a matter of fact, when I said that line, they popped in your mind. This is how it is. So anybody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a statement real quick. And the statement is this. I was hanging tree stands. So if you don't know what it is, when you deer hunt, you, I, I, deer, I deer hunt, I have a, a, a stand and it's put against a tree and then there's straps put around it. Well, I was down with, and I asked my dad to go with me. And, and, and I said, dad, can you do me a favor? All I need you to do, I'm gonna climb like 17 feet in the air in this, this ladder. All I need you to do is hold the ladder for me. Just hold the ladder for me. So I get about 15, I get about, about three. And, and all of a sudden I feel the ladder doing this number right here, pulling away from the tree. And I thought I was part of one of those comedy things. Like I thought you were gonna see me like, whoa, like a clown on, at, at, at the circus. <clears throat> I look down and my dad is on the phone. And he's here and I love him. And I don't want him storming in here and whooping me like I'm a five-year-old. But like, I'm, I, what are you doing? Hold the ladder. And he goes, I'm talking to your mom. I don't care if you're talking to Jesus right now. <laughs> Can I tell you something? There's some people in our lives, and honestly, maybe you, that you feel like that's pulling away from the tree and you are out and about to be in a disaster. Maybe it's because of divorce, sickness, maybe it's a job situation. But right now, who, whose ladder are you going to hold so it doesn't fall over? Whose ladder, as they go up and they take their next steps, are you going to be a part of their life? And the second part is, what's your next step? We can't talk about all this and say, okay, it's really about everybody else's. It's your next step too. It's my next step. We say it all the time around. Everybody has a next step. Everybody has a next motion. Everybody has a next movement. And I've heard Alan say, and I love it when we're doing it. He said, even Bobby, even Bobby, everybody in this room has a next step. So what's your next step? And here's the challenge of part of this one. Find it out, figure it out. Serve somewhere, do something, and take somebody with you. Take somebody with you to do that. And next up is anything that brings you, me, or anyone else closer to Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. Amen? Let's pray together real quick. Heavenly Father, in this moment right here, and I made that comment, and I meant that comment, God. There's people in this room, we don't know their stories. And so they, they feel like their ladder is literally pulling away from the tree. I pray that you would be with them in this moment right now. I don't know the story. I don't know anything that's going on, but I know you do and you care about them, God. So right now in this moment, take these words, take this story, God. Maybe, maybe a lot of us feel like we're the one on the mat right now. God, put people around us to move us and position us closer to Jesus because that's what it's all about. God, that we would follow you in everything we do. God, I pray that you would be with us in a real way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening today. 
If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.